0: The Seven Innings Podcast today is one of our favorite days because it is all about the greatest college slugger in softball history. We got the whole crew here: Beth, Holly, Michelle, Jess, Amanda, Bro, Jen Schro, Jay Dalton Hill, Mack is here. So is Buzz Lightyear behind the scenes. Jersey Meg making an appearance. And a very warm welcome to Kim, the PR superstar from the ESPN family, all on board because we've got a big day today. Thank you so much for your votes. The fan voting is in. We will tally those numbers. That will count towards one vote, and then we will all have a vote, too, to see who advances in our bracket, the field of the greatest 32 collegiate sluggers of all time. Now, just a quick note. Some of you may be disappointed you don't see one of your favorite players on this bracket. Take heart. We've got more brackets to come, including our next bracket, which will be all about slugging pitchers. We're also going to have the greatest moments in World Series history. That'll be coming up, maybe even one about the best ballers ever, the greatest teammates and the greatest all-around talents in the history of the game. But today is about the sluggers. And, Holly, why don't you start our discussion about all the different criteria that we've looked at to advance the field of 32 down to one.
1: Well, it's very interesting because um, we have so many different personalities, so many different opinions here. But as a Heisman voter, I tried to apply some of my Heisman voting principles. Name like that? As a Heisman <laughs> voter. Um, so I tried to use some of those same principles is, were they consistent over time? And did they have their biggest moments in their biggest games? I thought that was important. Were they clutch? Did they step up in the big moments? Not did they do it in a regular season game that wasn't that important. Did they do it in the Women's College World Series? So that was some of the criteria that we looked at. And then Beth, I will say, was very, very strict. This is collegiate college. Yes, so I'm setting that up because if Crystal Bustos doesn't win this, I don't want people to set our house on fire. <laughs> you know, we we all I think have agreed that she's maybe the greatest hitter ever. Much of that came in her Olympic career and post collegiate career. So I just wanted to lay that groundwork. To Very start. good
0: point. Very good point.
2: And I think another thing that uh, is important for everybody to remember too is, since I'm one of the oldest players in this group of athletes here, that's. <laughs> that were the most experienced there you go okay the most experienced is that i've lived through a lot of the different changes that um, have come through in the ncaa for instance the white ball era okay so we played with the white ball until 1993 and you can see the difference white ball with white seams yellow ball with red seams, so much easier to see the rotation, which way the ball's moving. And then how about 40 feet to 43 feet? That change was made in 1987. So Sheila Cornell, for instance, in this bracket, hit her entire career at 40 feet with a white ball. That's um, kind of like hitting with both your hands behind your back.
3: <laughs> and Michelle, I was talking with Kat Osterman earlier this week because she was a player that actually played with the white ball a little bit, even though she's one of our younger players um, she talked about how the white ball was like throwing mush with the outside of a ping pong ball. So you don't have a grip as a pitcher. The ball doesn't travel as a hitter. So the offense of our game was really limited in those years prior to introducing the yellow ball.
1: Are you guys setting this up for your votes, Jenny? Is this you petitioning <laughs> for your vote later? <laughs> Did she say that the pitchers said that the white ball wasn't as good to pitch with? So mm-hmm. the giving an excuse to the, that the pitching wasn't as good? Is that what I just started? Well,
3: Michelle, you tell us about what it was like throwing the white ball.
2: Well, exactly. And you have to remember, even though it's a white ball and white seam, so it's harder to see, the seams were so much smaller. So it was harder to make the ball break. So really, when you went to the yellow ball, you had more seam to work with as a pitcher. That's what we use to spin the ball. The spin is what makes it move. And then actually, the extra three feet, even though it gave hitters more time to see the ball, it also gave really good pitchers three more feet to make the ball bend and break. And that's really when the game started to mature. And the numbers on both sides for pitchers, and hitters started to grow exponentially.
0: All right, I think it's time to dive into the brackets and we can share more of our criteria along the way. So those of you following at home, we're going to start out with the Dottie Hinson bracket where Lauren Chamberlain is the overall number one seed. Uh, Bro, Shro, Jess, and JDH are going to lead our discussion and then we'll start unveiling our votes and moving players along the bracket. Kayla? Kayla?
4: Yeah, Beth, this is a no-doubter. I mean, Lauren Chamberlain, she ended her career as the all-time greatest home run hitter in college softball, but I had the distinct displeasure of playing against Lauren Chamberlain. <laughs> displeasure. And for me, I, I made good friends with the left field wall when she was up. You know, she, the, the wall became my best friend. But uh, I think that in my career, and she, I faced her early in her career, so she was a sophomore, uh, she was easily the scariest hitter to go to go face as an opponent. So tons of credit, Lauren Chamberlain, no doubt. I think this is going to be one that we could see in the finals. Well,
3: and then her opponent in this first round is Jill Justin, and she's one of the recipients of the white ball versus yellow ball. Maybe that's a disadvantage, but for Jill Justin, she led the NCAA in batting average in 87 and in 88, um, led the NCAA in slugging percentage in 89, but unfortunately going against the biggest
0: hitter perhaps in this bracket or in San Berlin, that's a tough matchup. Jess, what else intrigues you about this uh, group here in the Dottie Henson bracket?
5: Uh, well, what intrigues me was uh, when you look down at Kelly Crutchman, Jen Bredage, Bredage, the bottom of this bracket. I mean, you have Valeriota who's currently on the Olympic team. Kelly Crutchman, who was an Olympian, as well, um, This was tough, like looking at different numbers and, and going through different statistics. But then, you know, to Holly's point, there's all these other factors that go into it. And I'm biased with players that I've played with and understood what they were about. Like the person that you wanted up to bat when the game was on the line, Kelly Crutchman is that athlete. And sometimes maybe the numbers might not go year to year against the opponent, but I would take Crutchman over a lot of those that are in the bottom of that bracket. Sure,
6: what intrigues you? To me, there's nothing better than this Jen Brundage versus Katiana Mauga matchup. It is old school tradition versus new school popularity. And a lot of people look at Jen Brundage as the pitching coach for Michigan, and they don't recognize how great of an athlete she was. I mean, in 1995, her senior campaign, to Holly's credit, when they, of course, one, the national championship was taken away, but UCLA did win. She hit 518 with 60 RBIs and 87 hits. I believe that may be the closest fan vote. Kim, is this correct? Was that well, the
0: we're gonna We're going to visit that real shortly. Let's go back up to the top right now. Lauren Chamberlain and Jill Justin. And uh, Kim, the PR superstar, has the fan vote
7: numbers on that one, the 1-8 matchup. Yep. So it's going to be ninety four percent of the vote with Lauren Chamberlain. That that's got to be
0: one of the one of the highest numbers that we're going to see all day. All right, let's uh, let's go back to Bro right now and let's get some votes in Chamberlain or Justin. Uh, that's an easy, Chamberlain. Shro, Chamberlain. Jess, Chamberlain.
1: Jdh,
0: Chamberlain. All right, Horo. Um,
1: I'm going with J Lo. Low had the best power, Lauren Chamberlain. Um, I don't know if we're allowed to say this in this show, but they can bleep me if they want. Do you guys remember her mantra when she would step into the box? I'm the baddest bee out there. And <laughs> B did not get stood for a longer word than beef. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: That's Smitty. awesome. Smitty.
2: Yeah, uh, I got to go with uh, Chamberlain. She's right. uh, She was a beast in the box.
0: Garborough. Chamberlain. Chamberlain it is. I'm going to follow suit and go Lauren Chamberlain there, 6.3 at-bats. That's all it took for her to hit a home run, every 6.3 at-bats. All right, let's move it down um, uh, to uh, Shro. You want to start us off with Jesse Harper and Kelly Majum right here. Uh, we we have Jesse, of course, chasing Lauren next season for the all-time home run lead. Yeah, and this was a tougher one for
6: me. I personally am going with Jessie Harper but I'm looking at what I think she's going to do in her senior year. So obviously chasing that record, she has an extra 10 home runs that she's going to get in her 2021 season. Now, I played in the era of uh, Kelly Majum so I remember the Hawaii heroics that happened and it was definitely impressive but to me, Jessie Harper sneaks out of this one predicting what she's going to do full time in her career because I think we have to look that in this bracket.
5: Yeah. Jess? I had Harper as well. Um, I felt like uh, something I looked at with this that I love about Jesse Harper is when I think of a slugger, I think of how you pitch to them. And there's a lot of sluggers within this entire bracket that can hit one pitch. Jesse Harper can hit anything. And I feel like that to me as an opposing player, it's very difficult. She can go opposite power. She can hit off speed. Kelly Majum was the type of player could slug the ball for sure as that whole Hawaii team could. But I felt like it was one area and one
0: zone. Harper mm-hmm. 76 home runs, by the way, uh, Chamberlain's record next year will be 95. Uh, let's see who else we got here. J.D.H. Well, with Harper,
3: I really see those two home runs that she hit off Team USA. Those were the impressive mm-hmm. home runs to me because when you're playing against the best in our country and I think the best in the world, usually they make adjustments when you come back up and she was able to do it in the same game against them. And so for me, that was a big factor for me in this decision. So even though we're tied at 76, I still have to tip my cap to her and uh, she's going to beat it next year. Bro, is, uh, this the, is this
4: the one major vote here? Uh, no, absolutely not. not. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Bad memories. We keep bringing it up. I feel like you have a vendetta against me against this Hawaiian. I think game. the bat
5: the gets an award, though, maybe.
4: Definitely.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Absolutely. laughs>
7: we got a lot of Harper right now. Uh, Kim, the PR star, uh, superstar, what did the fans say, by the way, on this one? 82% of the fan vote on this one went to Jesse Harper.
0: Oh, okay. So there were some Majum fans out there, but a lot of Harper. Uh, Smitty, which way did you go?
2: Yeah, I definitely went Harper. I love the fact that um, you know she's got another year to to play yet. But uh, you know, you're in the desert when you're in the desert. The the ball launches, and uh, I think um, she's been one of the best hitters mm-hmm. that has worn that uniform for the while. I think Packers. you proved Pardon that me.
0: science. You proved that scientifically, didn't you, yeah. Professor yeah, Smith? Yeah. <laughs> Holly.
1: Okay. Well, I would just like to give Kelly Majum a little love because she yes. was by- she started in something close to 200 games. Um, she was a small diminutive player that could absolutely slam the ball, and it wasn't always a hot bat. I think some people thought they had hot bats one year. She did it over time, and so I really, really respect Kelly Majum as a hitter for her size and her hand-eye coordination and speed, bat speed, but I will give it to Jesse Harper because Harper has been more consistent over time, more key hits and key moments.
0: Okay. Time now for the 3-6 matchup. It's Kelly Kretchman from Alabama, Valerie Arioto from Cal, Uh, What did the fans say on this one, Kim? 81%
7: of the fan vote went to Kelly Crutchman.
0: Oh, Kelly Crutchman. I think she was pretty popular uh, with uh, our voting as well. Who wants to start out on this one, Jess?
5: Uh, I went with Crutchman. Ariota was the hitter that got better post-college. She was a great hitter in college, don't get me wrong, but she is someone that I feel like is getting better and better as we see her USA softball career, whereas Kelly Crutchman, I mean, she established Alabama as a premier team because I feel like she was the hitter that built Rhodes House. She had 25 home runs her freshman year.
0: Yeah, Patrick Murphy says that's the, the house that uh, Kelly built, the first big superstar of the Southeastern Conference. Anybody else want to chime in on this one? I, I think we all went Kelly uh, in in this 3-6 matchup. Moving on to the 2-7 and it's Katiana Malga from Arizona and Jen Brundage, UCLA. This is the big showdown of the the, uh, the two teams with the most national championships, Shro.
6: And, and like I said earlier in the show, to me, this is the best matchup in this bracket. It's old school versus new age. I went Jen Brundage. Uh, to me, what she was able to do in her senior campaign and overall definitely makes her the winner here. But I think the votes are going to be closer than I think.
3: Well, and I will go old school, with, old school with your new school, Jen. So Jen, I had with 20 career home runs. Ed Malga with 92. So right now she's second in the country in home runs. She had an 8.29 slugging percentage, over 20 home runs in every season that she played. So for me, not just the Arizona side, but just the numbers for me played that one out.
0: All right, Katiana Malga is going to move on. I think the final vote for us was seven to three on that one. Seven to three, Katiana Malga. Even though Jen Brundage had the slight advantage in the fan voting, that was actually the closest fan vote we had. All right, we're moving down the left side uh, into the Betty Spaghetti region, where the number one seed is Laura Espinoza. And we'll start out with you, Amanda. What intrigues you about this Betty Spaghetti region?
8: Um, a lot. I mean, the fact that we have Jess and Jenny both in the Betty Spaghetti region mm-hmm. for sure out. Um, out. But I, I loved researching the older players. I mean, for players like Kayla, myself, and Jen – We didn't get to play against these players. We didn't get to watch them. So it was neat to go in and, like, dig up all the numbers. So for me to research what Laura Espinosa played like and looking at her numbers and the numbers that she had in her senior season with the new ball, 37 home runs, 120 RBIs. Are you kidding me? Like, blew me away. Three-time All-American, national champion, 85 career home runs. So for me in the upper part of the bracket, Laura Espinosa, the one seed, she got my vote.
0: That was the greatest slugging season in the history of college softball, by the way, right there for Laura Espinoza, Smitty, what do you got your eyes on here?
2: Yeah, definitely Espinoza and the way that she hit the ball, um, the 37 home runs, as Amanda said. But I love also Veronica Nelson. She is a name and a powerful hitter that nobody, nobody wanted to pitch to. She leads then the NCAA in walks. She was just an amazing career, 395 walks in her entire career. Um, and of course, JDH and Mendoza, what's not to love about that, right? We can really <laughs> we can really pick at them here a little bit too and and, and, and play this up. So uh, this is this is interesting to me. And I love spaghetti, so there you go. There you go. <laughs> <to> you,
1: Molly. <laughs> um I, I wanted to establish some ground rules in this bracket because I don't think we should have to vote and say who we picked with these two people on the call with us. So um, I don't know if you can see my paper. I put tie I'm going to abstain because I don't want either of these people mad at me. But I do have some questions to ask them later in the bracket if they advance Mm -hmm. um, that I think will separate them by the answers to their questions.
0: There is a possibility that Mendoza and Dalton could square off when we're down to the final four (laughs) sluggers.
5: (laughs) I'd have to beat Espinoza. That ain't happening. Or even Veronica, who, yeah. I'll tell
0: you my vote later. <laughs> let's get let's get back up to the top then, and uh, Holly, you can start us off. Espinosa and Danielle Gomez uh, from Louisiana. Danielle is one of those players that sometimes gets overlooked when you talk about the national scene, but uh, outstanding career. She is top ten still in home runs, hit eighty three of them, and nearly two hundred and fifty runs batted in. But she's got a tough first round matchup.
1: She has a tough first-round matchup, but I did vote for her because I thought she was key to them. You'll remember that Louisiana got to Women's College World Series. They had some outstanding seasons, and she was one of the reasons why I really liked her, and I voted for her.
0: Any good Espinosa stuff from anyone else? Uh, she, she
7: uh, I think uh, uh, PR uh, superstar Kim probably led the way in that one. Yep, she w- she got 89% of the vote on that one.
3: I'll give you a little story though. Espinosa in batting practice one time, we were hitting at Arizona and uh, hit a ball off the bounce over the wall. And then another time hit a ball and hit a bird and killed it.
0: During the so, <laughs> did it. Randy Johnson did that with a pitch. She did that with yes, a pitch.
1: Correct. Wow. That is
0: awesome.
1: <laughs> Both birds were injured in the making of this podcast.
0: <laughs> uh, Espinosa, I think moves on nine to one amongst the seven innings crowd time now for the four five matchup Vegas. Vicky thinks this was the premier matchup of the whole darn thing. Um, let's start out with the uh, PR superstar. Kim, what did the fans think of this uh, Cal Bears Stanford Cardinal showdown between Jess Mendoza and Veronica Nelson?
7: 83% of the fan vote went to Jessica Mendoza. Ooh, hoo, hoo. <laughs> All right. Three All right.
2: years, three years that Mendoza hit over 400. I mean, you, you got to vote for that. That's incredible. Yeah.
0: You, you, played, you yes. played against her three years, right, Jess? Or two, two or three yeah. years? What you I like about Ronnie? Ronnie? Yeah. And <laughs>
5: husband got mad at me. He was <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Do you have more confidence in yourself? I'm like, you should have seen her rake. She was so good. And we played, I mean, we played them all the time and we hated Cal. And ironically, when I was posting this, Ronnie reached out to me and said, go Bears. And I was so, and I started writing her this long note about how much I appreciated the athlete that she was, the way that she carried herself. We walked her like every single time because when she could hit it, one story, she had a line drive to me guys that literally never, I was playing center field that never got more than a foot off the ground, I caught it and I had a huge bruise on my hand, never even moved. I mean, she hit this thing, a laser to me in center field. And I mean, she just had that true definition of power. So maybe, I, I wrote it wrong.
8: The base is loaded. I mean, nobody will say to throw to her walk with the bases loaded so they did not have to throw to her just that was a great matchup but Jess also wait one last thing sorry Jess you are such a complete player doubles home runs steals like researching your stats I mean it's like the complete opposite Veronica Nelson was like long ball or nothing or strikeout and she had other stuff too I'm not I wouldn't give her that but you like your complete stats were so impressive and that's why you got my vote
0: Oh, yay. Oh, oh, four-time All-American. I, I'll, I'll go on the record. I was the other one that voted for Veronica, but that's because Mendoza said she was voting for Veronica. I voted I did. for her as well. And then Jess her husband yelled at me. Jess's like so, husband yelled at me. Oh,
1: I so, I voted for Jessica Mendoza because I was scared when she would step into the box. She had this look on her face, and she was intimidating. We talked about it. It wasn't just numbers. It's the moments. And I think Jess had more moments. And also, I mean, her presence in the box was crazy. Yeah.
0: Those those were some good times when uh, when the Cal Bears were at the World Series there in the early two thousands, won a national championship uh, with a great group in the circle and at the plate. But it is Jessica Mendoza moving on <laughs> to the next round to face Close. Laura Espinoza. All right, time now to get after Jdh. Jenny Dalton Hill is the three seed against Auburn superstar Casey Cooper. Um, let's go to, uh, Kim, uh, the PR superstar. What do we got from the fans on this one? 61%
7: of the fan vote went to Jenny Dalton Hill. Oh, nice. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And
0: I can tell you, Jenny, you got a lot of support, uh, from the seven innings podcast voters as well. Jenny's going to be moving on to the next round with the win over Casey Cooper. Not Uh, even close. No yeah, offense to yeah. Casey Cooper. Uh, Jenny, Jenny in 96 at the Women's College World Series. That was a fabulous show that she put on. And kudos to Casey Cooper, still the career leader in the SEC and RBIs, third all-time in the Southeastern Conference in home runs.
1: Jenny Del- has championship. championships. That's, yeah. that's what really the important thing to me is World Series titles.
2: Well and and how about the fact that she's is still the career RBI leader I mean yes. to me Hello. that's incredible 328 RBIs in her entire career a 469 batting average as a senior 109 RBIs in that year. I mean, her numbers just are like they just jump off the sheet. So incredible career.
8: Only 65 strikeouts. And you guys, how many players can say in their career they got Pac-12 Player of the Year, National Player of the Year, Women's College World Series MVP, and a three-time national champion? I mean, Jenny, I got, I just got goosebumps reading that again. And I even like knew it's like written on my paper, but that's like unreal,
3: Jenny. Awesome. I think uh, it, it all comes down to who you play with, and I got to play with the best and play for the best. So for RBIs come because of who are in front of you, run scored comes becomes from who is behind you. So I was surrounded by greatness.
5: Future bracket should be 1990 or what? What teams? The greatest teams of all time, and I would put 1995 that Arizona Wildcat team Ooh. with Espinosa, Dalton, Bratz, 37 home runs, 28 home runs. 21 home runs are you freaking kidding me and those are just the sluggers sorry that should be a future bracket <laughs> three
1: of those three of those players are in this bracket think about that no yeah. other team has three teammates from one year in this
2: bracket that's crazy well that's it was
6: like illegal back to me jenny i don't know
2: Another thing to think about in the 90s is that we're still only using aluminum bats. There's no composite bats. The composite bats really don't come to the scene until 2003. So you're looking at a completely different level of technology as well.
0: Speaking of the technology, let's jump into this century now and our (laughs) 2-7 matchup. Jesse Warren, Florida State, class of 2018. Alyssa DeCarlo, Georgia, class of 2019. What did the fans say in this one, Kim? 70% of the fan vote on this one went to Jesse Warren. 70% went to the Seminole, Jesse Warren. The vote amongst us was a little bit closer. Who wants to take the lead on this one? Who you got,
2: Warren or DiCarlo? I actually had Warren on this one. I started really digging into the home runs. It was sixty-eight for DiCarlo. Warren, though, eighty-three home runs in her career. You could start looking at strength and schedule. Did UGA have a, a harder strength of schedule than than Florida State at the time in the ACC? But it really came down to the fact that Warren had more home runs. She had an eight twenty slugging average, which is still top fifteen in the NCAA, and that's why I went with Warren.
8: Yeah, I agree. Alyssa DiCarlo had a phenomenal career at Georgia, 68 home runs. She hit in her career 380. I mean, four years to come up with the 380 batting average was impressive. Jesse Warren, though, did it at the World Series. Holly, even talking about it all show, she stepped up in the big moments. She was a scary hitter to have up in the big games. And I think that was the edge to me for Jesse Warren, even though Alyssa DiCarlo played some tougher competition in the SEC. Jesse Warren did it in the postseason.
0: All right, six to three was the final tally amongst the seven innings voters. Jesse Warren moving on, so that's the left side of your bracket, folks. We've set up some good matchups in the next round: Lauren Chamberlain, Jesse Harper, Kelly Crutchman, Katy Mauga, uh, Laura Espinosa, Jess Mendoza, and then Jenny Dalton and Jesse Warren. Halfway through the bracket, another half to come on the Seven Innings podcast. The great debate of the greatest college slugger of all time. Welcome back to the Seven Innings Podcast, the greatest college slugger in softball history. Beth Mowens, Holly Rowe, Michelle Smith, Jessica Mendoza, Amanda Scarborough, Caleb Bro, uh, Jen Schroeder, Jenny Dalton Hill, and behind the scenes with us today, Jay Mack. Kim, the PR superstar, Jersey Meg, and Buzz Lightyear. We're moving over to the right side of the bracket. It's the Marla Hooch region where, uh, Amanda, our number one overall seed is Sierra Romero. Got a lot of intrigue with some new school and old school matchups in this group.
8: Yeah, Beth, you really did such a great job with the bracket. Um, when specifically looking at Sierra Romero, I'm trying to get brownie points here. Uh, but when looking at Sierra Romero, 82 home runs, three-time Big Ten Player of the Year, 300 RBIs, which is fourth best in the history of the NCA. And here's what stuck out to me, you guys. She never hit fewer than 18 home runs in a season and never had fewer than 71 RBI in a season. So for sure, about a great job of making the seeds a one seed all the way, uh, career 1466 OPS. I mean, out of this world OPS. Well, and I think this is what a hitter.
3: <laughs> what a hitter. No doubt. Good, good job, Amanda. When it comes to the matchup, though, with Sheila Cornell, this one's a big disadvantage. Cornell played at UCLA between 82 and 84 with that white ball. So career home runs, she's only got four. But I can tell you that she makes the Olympic team in 96 because of the hitter that she was. She could absolutely rake. So her slug for her career, 376. But I tell you what, because of numbers, you push Sierra Romero through. But Sheila Cornell is a hitter that I respected when I played against her absolutely could smack the cover of the white ball and she was so hard, but I think Romero gets that
5: first bat I ever had. Jenny was a Sheila Cornell bat and I'll never (laughs) forget. It was blue and white and silver. And I used, and honestly what was so cool is it made me research and follow her and, and know her and I'll never forget she's one of my favorite players of all time because I felt like I would get a home run and it was because of Sheila Cornell
2: (laughs) and I have to say real quick in the 96 Olympics I know that Dot hit the home run in the in the gold medal game but it was Sheila Cornell that really had a lot of big hits for us that propelled us to win that gold medal so Sheila Cornell uh, now Dowdy is absolutely one of the best hitters ever but I, I give it to Romero on this
0: all-American in the early days of NCAA play uh, a national champion with the Bruins. But uh, up against a tough one here, Sierra Romero. Uh, Kim, the PR superstar, what would the fans have to say on this one?
7: 84% of the fan vote on this one went to Sierra Romero.
0: Yep, yep. I figured that would be a popular vote, and it's popular amongst the seven-innings crew as well. Romero, dropping ROM bombs to move on to the next round. She will face the winner of the 4-5 matchup. It's Katie Cochran, Arizona State, and another UCLA legend, Yvonne Gutierrez. Holly?
1: Caitlin Cochran was really the first big hitter for Arizona State when they kind of got their makeover with Clint Myers as the head coach there. She got them to the World Series, and she was a feared hitter. And I'll never forget being at the World Series. You know, she was down in the lineup. And people would just walk her. They would just walk her. And so she was not able to do what she needed to do. And so, in a brilliant move, Clint Myers put her in the leadoff spot. And teams had to choose at the World Series, are you going to walk her and put and start the game with the runner on base? And it was one of the more brilliant moves, but a great way to keep her um, current and hitting. And um, do you guys remember? I think there was a, a bet that with her parents, if she won a women's college World Series, they would buy her a new car. <laughs> Um, so I just I just wanted to give her parents a shout out. She did get a new car for winning the World Series.
5: She also well, rarely struck out. Holly, to jump in, I mean, she had 235 career walks, but only 78 strikeouts. We rarely see a hitter that walks more than they strike out, and it's usually pretty close. But 235 to 78, we can talk about her power, but to me,
1: that made her apart from the rest. Discipline, Jenny. What about uh,
0: Ivan Gutierrez?
3: So Yvonne was another one of those white ball players. And for me, I got to play with her when I was 16 years old. I got brought up to play on a women's open national championship um, tournament. And I had never worn spikes before. I had always wore mo- worn molded cleats. And so this was an opportunity. And she gave me her extra pair of cleats. And they were three sizes too big. And I tripped the whole way to first base. And she made so much fun of me. But Yvonne Gutierrez led the, ho- led the nation in home runs in 92, and she hit 11 home runs. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't even make us blink an eye. But back then, that was eye-popping. And so 11 home runs with the white ball, three-time first-team All-American. For me, 19 career home runs. Katie Cochran gets the advantage because of, I think, the bat and the ball that she played with. But Yvonne Gutierrez, definitely a dangerous
0: hitter for UCLA.
7: What was the fan vote in this one, Kim? 69% of the fan vote on this one went to Katie Cochran.
0: Goes to Caitlin Cochran, and that's the way we go as well. By the way, Holly Rowe, I I just took out the, uh, the, the history book here. Cochran had six intentional walks and was hit twice in the first two games before opponents finally pitched to her. The strategy backfired, however, as she was involved in 11 of the first 13 runs that ASU scored in the 2008 Women's College World Series. And then when they did throw to her, she blasted a three-run home run in the fifth inning of game two of the championship series, and you may recall it drove her to tears as she was running the base paths. Caitlin Cochran will advance and face Sierra Romero in the next round. Down to our 3-6 matchup, it's uh, Samantha Finley, Michigan, class of 08, and Bailey Hemphill
7: still present for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And, Kim, what did the fans say on this one? So this is the closest one in this in this section of the bracket, but fifty seven percent of the fan vote went to Bailey Hemphill.
0: Ooh, the Bailey bump is she has the advantage from the fans. What ba- say the, Yeah, what say the seven innings podcaster, Scarborough? You like Finley on this one?
8: <laughs> I do like Finley on this one. And I think it's because when looking at Bailey Hemphill, she had a great junior year where she had those 84 RBI, hit 26 home runs. But you think of Sam Finley's full body of work, Beth, and winning a national championship. Oh,
0: no, that's a fine. <laughs> that's, that's our
8: first one. the first one. <laughs> um, but she had a big freshman year, a big senior year, and her freshman and senior year, she each hit 21 home runs. Uh, 219 career RBIs, 62 total home runs for her entire career. So um, only had All-American once, surprisingly, but she does have that national championship. And I think for me, that's what pushed her over Hemp Hill those complete four years proving her worth.
3: Yeah, I'm impressed with her in 2005. She drove in all four runs, including a three-run home run in that national championship game. So for me, providing all the run support for a national championship, that's what tipped my cap to As a freshman, yeah, like, right. let's
5: think about that as a freshman, you're on that stage. First time it's a three game series. I mean, all eyeballs are on her. She's the big hitter. They tried to pitch around her. Couldn't do it. I mean, that, that, as a freshman. That's what just blows me away is what she did at such a young age.
6: This bracket is giving me so much anxiety guys, because <laughs> obviously Sam Finley beat me in my freshman year and Cochrane, I have so many stories, but that was my senior year that they beat us game one. So I'm sitting here sweating because I'm having so much anxiety over these two brackets.
0: <laughs> one, one of the things I will say, Shro, and, and, and I had so much respect, if you recall in that finals, UCLA pitched to Sam Finley. Michigan chose not to pitch to, I believe it was Emily Zaplatosh who had okay. the hot bat. In that series. So it was a wonderful back and forth between the two coaching staffs mm-hmm. about whether or not you were going to pitch to somebody or whether or not you were going to put the ball in your pitcher's hands and say, Hey, our best against your best. Let's see what, what happens. That was right. a remember Jelly Feldon,
6: our pitcher was only a freshman as well. So it was yeah, a freshman yeah. versus freshman and she got the ball every single game, every Is single postseason. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A jelly well, against Jenny Ritter, fabulous stuff. All right, Sam Finley's moving on, folks. Sam Finley is on to the next round. Who will she face? Another current player, Jocelyn Allo from Oklahoma, or Stacy Chambers, Arizona class of two thousand eleven. Holly's got the, I think, got the Stacy numbers for us.
1: That's right. So I wanted to bring up this important point. Um, Stacy Chambers, in her freshman year, had a head injury. And had to sit out. And I just want to th- think of you guys who've been in the batter's box, who've been hitters, that you come back from a head injury and the fear you would have about getting hit again, that you could step into the box without fear. I think that was an important point for me in Stacy Chambers' journey and story. So 2017, she sat out for the head injury, then led the nation in home runs in 2019. She had 20 home runs, or excuse me, 21 home runs and a slugging percentage of 803. But for me, the thing that pushes her over the edge of everybody, Women's College World Series, four home runs, three of those in the champ Series. Stacey Chase mm-hmm. was a beast.
0: Yep, still top ten all time in home runs and runs batted in. Alo has a huge upside, though, doesn't she, guys? 30 home runs, her freshman campaign, uh, up and down, her sophomore year, and then looked like she was coming back strong as a junior until the season got shortened. But two big years still ahead for her may put herself uh, give, get herself a higher seed when we do this two years from now. But it will be Stacy Chambers that will move on to the next round. So the fans had both Hill and Alo, but the uh, the experts here on the panel moved along Finley and Chambers. So far, it's chalk. All of the higher seeds have advanced. Will that continue in the the all-the-way May bracket, where Stacey Newman will be the top seed? It's the the all-the-way May bracket here on the 7 Innings Podcast, the greatest uh, collegiate slugger of all time. The debate rages. So far, all of the higher seeds have advanced. So let's see if that continues in our final bracket of the day, featuring Stacy Newman, UCLA, the overall number one seed. Smitty, you played with her, and she's got some pretty stiff competition up and down this bracket.
2: Well, she does. But um, Stacy Newman was a beast in college as well as in the Olympics. 90 home runs had that NCAA um, title for over 13 years before it was broken by uh, Chamberlain. She had. 322 hits in her career. That means she had 232 hits that weren't home runs. So not only did she hit for power, she hit for average. A senior batting average of 529, you guys. It's just incredible. How about a career batting average of 466? I mean, these numbers are just insane. You knew she was good. You tried to pitch around her. You tried to intentionally walk her and put the ball in the other batter's box, but she'd still hit a home run off of you. So when you talk about one of the greatest sluggers ever, Stacey Newman, is top of the list.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. This is going to be a, a tough one for Abby Cheek, her opponent in, in this round. Uh, I, I think that, I mean, Newman's going to, I think, easily pass through this. But credit to Abby Cheek, because when she stepped on campus at UK, Rachel Lawson said she was going to be or had the potential to be the best hitter in Kentucky history. And she ended her career with that, 61 home runs, 202 RBI. She will be the best player that has ever played for Kentucky thus far. And I think she's changing the game and progressing the game for not only Kentucky, but the Southeastern Conference and continuing to grow our sport across the country. All right, Newfman and Cheek. What did the fans say, Kim, the PR superstar?
7: 67% of the fan vote went to Stacy Newfman.
0: 67%. Well, Big Blue Nation showed up uh, to support Abby Cheek, but Newman gets the nod from the fans. Newfman also gets the nod from our panel of voters here on the 7 Innings Podcast. It is Stacey Newfman. Hello, Newfman. <laughs> Moving on to the next round. <laughs> Seinfeld <laughs> reference. This is an interesting 4-5 matchup. Shelby Penley, class of 2015 at OU and a national champ. Jenny Topping in the early 2000s at Fullerton, our 4-5 showdown. Jess, tell us about Topping.
5: Uh, I've known her since we were kids, and I had never seen power to the opposite field the way that the JT could go opposite field. And she had such a unique swing. And remember she was at Washington before transferring to Fullerton. She led the country in home runs for freshman year with 24. And as her roommate, I mean, I I remember learning so many things about not just pulling for power, but understanding how to utilize the
0: whole field from Jenny topping. She's up against Shelby Penley who had some ups and downs in her career, but boy, did she finish strong. The statistics, Top 10 all-time in home runs and runs batted in after starting out at Arizona and finishing up at Oklahoma. I, I would call her very sneaky good at the plate. Uh, she came up in some big moments for Oklahoma and obviously had the power behind her to show it. I will say this was the closest vote amongst the seven-innings podcasters. What did the fans think, Kim, first up?
7: 74% of the fan vote went to Shelby Penley.
0: 74 percent it was a little closer for the seven innings podcasters we had uh seven votes for Pendley and three for topping is the final vote on that one so Shelby Pendley will move on and a uh, showdown with Stacey Newman in the next round down to the three six matchup Kristen Rivera Washington slugger Charlotte Morgan Alabama, class of 2010. This was a tough one. I think the fans,
7: Kim, did they go roll tide roll on that one? For this one, 63% of the fan vote went to Charlotte Morgan.
0: 63% of the vote goes to the lower seed. Will that hold amongst the seven innings podcasters? Kayla Bro,
4: uh, Yeah, Charlotte Morgan actually uh, got my vote. I, I'm being a homer, but she was a, a teammate of mine. And I think what stands out to me was – the presence that Charlotte Morgan had in the box. She was one of the scariest hitters that I've ever seen play the game. The look at, that she had in her eye, the amount of RBI she was able to produce because on a cerebral level, she just knew the pitcher. She knew pitch sequences. She looked at spin. So I think that's what set her. She doesn't have the best home run numbers on the planet, but she had the ability to, to create change just by the look in her eye when she got in the box. And I think that's where I see her as one of the most valuable players in this side of the bracket is just because of her presence.
6: And and to me, I went Rivera, and I I loved this bracket because I loved researching people who I didn't know about. So when I looked at Kristen Rivera, I knew her reputation, but actually diving into her numbers, I think when you think of Washington, you think of that 2009 team, you think of Danielle Lurie, and then you look at Kristen Rivera, the only four-time All-American in UW history, mm-hmm. the home run leader with 79, the slugging leader. And she was the unanimous vote in 2020 when u just came out with their all-time lineup. She was the one that they voted MVP all-time at u So to me, I went Rivera, and I had so much fun looking into her uh, numbers and stats and learning more about her.
2: And I just want to add real quick onto that, Jen, is that she caught for me my last three years professionally in Japan. And she hit some of them. Mo- we won two championships in those three years. And she hit some absolute bombs in the championship. So. Again, very clutch with a lot of power and a great great catcher behind the plate.
0: This, this one uh, was a, a fun matchup, like you said, Jen, to be able to uh, share some of this with the fans out there who may not have seen a lot of Charlotte Morgan or of Kristen Rivera. And that's one of the things that we want to do with this slugger uh, bracket. We're going to have a pitchers who rake bracket. We're going to have another bracket later in the month about great World Series moments. And we wanted to kind of uh, – what, 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 Holly Rowe, what, what do we have, a jar of love spread? Uh, or we're spreading the love? Is that one of the things we're doing on the 7 Innings podcast that uh, you referenced earlier? We want, we want to get as many people talking about as many different players as we can.
1: We had, kind of, we had kind of debated whether or not we should split this up into eras. You know, like was it fair to have the white ball versus the yellow ball era? Because those numbers are different. Um, but we decided we wanted people to learn about these old time players and and experienced veterans. And I love what you're talking about with Rivera. Is she was one of the best players I've ever seen with my own eyes. But she kind of came before TV exploded. And in a lot of these cases, it came before TV exploded that we don't know these hitters as well. So I love that we are sharing the love. <laughs> That was bad.
2: That was bad. It wasn't. You're it's awesome. better than your British <laughs> accent last week. It's, it's, it's better than the British. Uh, uh, and uh. folks on the
0: west coast will be happy to hear that it is Kristen Rivera who is moving on, the three seed advancing in the bracket uh, against what the fans had voted on. And our final spot, who will be uh, the last person to move on to the second round? It's the two seed, Leah Bratz, Arizona in uh, the late uh, 1990s, and Crystal Bustos. It's the 2-7 seed. Remember, Crystal played Juco in college and then went on to superstardom in the pro ranks as well as at the Olympics. But uh, tell us a little bit, Jen Schro, about Leah bratz that two seed, one of the great sluggers in Arizona history.
6: Yeah, and I feel like automatically talking about Leah Bratz is just going to get me lit up on Twitter (laughs) that I'm not giving Crystal Bustos credit. But remember, the best collegiate hitter, So Leah Bratz is another one who I didn't get to play with. I didn't get to watch. So diving into her stats and learning about her, I mean, it opened up my mind. 85 home runs all time. Uh, She's only the third player in NCAA history to drive in more than 100 runs in a season. When she was inducted into the Arizona Hall of Fame, she had almost every single record. Of course, some of those have been broken now as time has gone on. But when she played, she was the best of the best of her time. Jenny, I know that you have some feelings on Leah. Well,
3: I just know when we were at the World Series one year, Leah's a hitter that hit with confidence, and she intimidated a pitcher just with her presence in the box. And she said that our strength coach told her before the game that the other team had been talking smack about her. So she got in the box, ran run in her first at bat, and then was yelling at all the players as she went around the bases. Come to find out, the other team hadn't even been sitting things. So you've got to find a way to motivate yourself. And our strength coach Carla Garrett did that in that World Series.
5: Yeah, Mom, Brotz, actually one of the best hitters by the way that I ever grew up watching at Arizona team was right in my like early high school days of when you first started to see a little bit of softball on television. And I'd always go every time Arizona played at UCLA, I'd go and Leah Bratz was the hitter that I was like, oh my gosh. So that's hitting. Like that's how you crush a softball. And it, it like you know how you can get that permanent forever ingrained into your brain. It was Leah Bratz's swing, and I'll never forget it.
0: Yeah, I think most people would be surprised to hear she is still fifth all-time in home runs and second all-time in NCAA RBIs. I would imagine, Kim, the fans have some thoughts on Bustos.
7: Yes, so 75% of the fan vote actually went to Crystal Bustos. Yeah. And so then- I, I did, Beth, I did try to reach out to their school
1: and get stats, and I, I contacted the current coach at Palm, Palm Beach State College And I think they've disbanded their program. No one ever got back to me. We definitely tried to dig into her stats more from college for Crystal Bustos to be fair about this, but it's just hard to unknow what you know about her, right? Yeah. Um, she could never get the grades and she has admitted that but when she got her opportunity she made the most of it so I don't want her to be penalized because she was a junior college person. No Uh, and and
0: that's why that's why we put her in the bracket because we bow to the Bustos name and Smitty you you can speak to Crystal but this was about the the best college softball slugger. Leah Bratz is going to advance here but we all know Crystal was one of the all-time greats in the pros and at the olympics.
2: This is my first official protest. I'm protesting this. (laughs) No offense, And you know what, though? I think for a lot of athletes, um, some of us started off slow. So the college career was just one stepping stone into this explosive career, and that would be Crystal Busto. So her time at Palm Beach was one thing. And actually, she was coached by um, Joanne Ferrari, who won a national championship with Cal State Fullerton. So she had a lot of history, a lot of great coaching when she was young. And I remember when she showed up at the 2000 Olympic team. And we were still playing at 40 feet in the Olympics at that time. And she still was a very good and dominant hitter obviously well more explosive at 43 feet when we would take batting practice before games nobody was on the infield everybody was on the grass because she hit lasers at you and um so boost a lot of fun to play with a great ball player and a really good human being and teammate as well but I think in this in the in this situation when we're going on the collegiate that's collegiate hitter I had to go with Bratz in this one
0: all right, so Bratz moves on. That means all of the higher seeds advanced out of the first round. And we'll be back to uh, review and preview in just a moment.
1: Thank you for joining us today on 7 Innings Podcast. It has been such fun to debate the greatest slugger of all time and we want to give a special thanks to our committee chair Beth Mowens, who seated all of these sluggers this went straight chalk I think our committee chair deserves a great round of applause and her selection committee friends whom I'm not sure that they exist great job Beth Mowens.
0: This was a blast. We, we intended to get through the entire bracket in one show, but we had so much fun talking about our first-round matchups that we want to make sure that the fans are in on the voting the rest of the way, and we'll have more on the greatest college softball slugger debate still to come on future shows. We'll see you then.